Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Friday, March 31st, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we say whoopsie doopsie, looks like Trump has been indicted after all. The SEC expands the definition of dealers. We find out what a skinny label is and a court employee needs an ethics refresher. Let's all stumble over the finish line of Friday and, dazed, reluctantly take a glance at today's legal news. In what is unquestionably the biggest news of the last 24 hours and something we kind of sort of got wrong yesterday, former U.S. President Donald Trump has been indicted in New York over hush money payments made to adult film actress Stephanie Clifford, also known as Stormy Daniels, who claimed she had an affair with Trump. A grand jury has voted to indict Trump, the first former U.S. president to face criminal prosecution. Legal analysts suggest that he may be prosecuted for falsifying business records. Trump has denied the allegations and has accused Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg of targeting him for political gain. Trump is also facing several other investigations, including a Georgia election interference probe and a pair of federal investigations into his role in the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol by his supporters. The indictment process could take over a year, raising the possibility that the former president could face trial during or even after the 2024 presidential campaign. The average criminal case in Manhattan takes over 900 days to move from indictment to trial verdict. Trump could challenge the charges on several legal grounds, but his former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, has stated that he coordinated with Trump on the payments to Daniels and a former Playboy model. Legal analysts suggest that the most likely charge against Trump is falsifying business records, which is typically a misdemeanor. To elevate that charge to a felony, prosecutors must prove that Trump falsified records to cover up a second crime. There is also the possibility that prosecutors could assert that the payment violated state campaign finance laws. But legal experts say that using state election law in that manner in a case involving a federal candidate is an untested legal theory. Trump could also argue that the statute of limitations of five years should have run out, but he may be unable to use serving as U.S. president as an argument for this. According to a spokesperson for the district attorney, prosecutors and Trump's legal team are negotiating a surrender date when Trump would travel to the district attorney's office in New York to be fingerprinted and photographed. The Securities and Exchange Commission is expanding its definition of securities dealers, leading to a backlash from some private funds and investment advisors who fear that it will result in more regulations. The agency's proposed rule is set to clarify and expand the definition, including some financial firms such as high-frequency traders that have traditionally not been considered a dealer. Industry advocates suggest that the SEC's recent lawsuits against penny stock flippers could further its position that a dealer is any company whose business model is based on buying and selling securities. The expanded definition of dealer has the potential to capture many businesses, including hedge funds and venture capital funds that are already subject to regulations. Dealers usually have to register with the SEC and join an organization like the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, or FINRA. Funds facing registration could change their investment strategies to avoid being labeled a dealer, according to industry representatives. However, the SEC, presumably to avoid that, is denying that there's anything radical about its interpretation of dealer and has said the critics are ascribing to the agency a position that it has not taken. The Biden administration has urged the U.S. Supreme Court to hear the patent appeal case between Teva Pharmaceuticals USA and GlaxoSmithKline. The case involves skinny labels which omit certain information from drug labels and their potential to impact the generic drug industry. Teva has argued that it omitted patented information for Coreg, GSK's heart drug, from its label in compliance with U.S. Food and Drug Administration instructions. GSK sued Teva for patent infringement in 2014, with a jury siding with GSK and awarding it $235 million in 2017, but the Biden administration backed Teva's argument. By way of brief background, skinny labels are a term used in the pharmaceutical industry to describe labels on generic drugs that omit certain indications or uses that are covered by existing patents held by brand name drug makers. By using a skinny label, generic drug makers can launch their products earlier and avoid liability for infringing on brand name drug makers' patents. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration permits this practice, but generic drug makers must follow strict guidelines when producing and labeling these products. 
However, brand name drug makers have sued generic drug makers claiming that they have infringed their patents by marketing the drug for the uses not covered by the skinny label. So the marketing is not matching the label on the drug itself. The aforementioned legal dispute between Teva and GlaxoSmithKline is a prime example of such a lawsuit, and the outcome of the case could have significant implications for the generic drug industry. A court employee in New York, Dionisio Figueroa, has been accused of referring criminal defendants to a private defense lawyer in exchange for bribes. Figueroa allegedly used his position to encourage defendants, many of whom had free court-appointed lawyers, to instead hire Telesforo Del Val Jr. in pending cases. In return, Del Val gave Figueroa referral payments in cash totaling at least $10,000. Both Figueroa and Del Val have been charged with conspiracy to bribe a federal employee, bribery of a federal employee, and lying to federal law enforcement agents during the investigation. If you're an attorney and you don't understand what Mr. Figueroa did wrong, you might want to give your state ethics hotline a call before you make any major decisions involving your practice. Finally, and very briefly, there are updates to the Disney Reedy Creek DeSantis fracas. In my other podcast, Esquiring Minds, my co-host Jacob Schumer breaks down all the ins, outs, and what-have-yous of the latest. In sum, Disney may have got its revenge on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis by outmaneuvering his attempt to gain control of the Reedy Creek Improvement District that operates the 39-square-mile property on which Walt Disney World exists. Before the legislation was passed, Disney quietly but publicly signed two new agreements with the district that limit what the new district can do to influence Disney's future plans. Legal scholars have said Disney may have the advantage in this situation as the agreements are contracts that were executed in publicly noticed meetings and adhere to all of Florida's open government sunshine laws. As mentioned, please do check out Esquiring Minds, available wherever you get your podcasts, if only for the latest episode, wherein Jake does a much better job explaining this story than I can. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find the show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd sure appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in the story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, take solace in the fact that you have not been indicted. For if they can indict that blameless, humble, law-abiding, family-oriented, deeply religious, patriotic, completely not corrupt man, then they can indict anyone.